This week on the Koshcast. Arsenal finally get some pep in their step, but Pep's left crestfallen as City are mauled by United who bawled. Elsewhere, Duncan Ferguson scares Everton into beating Chelsea, Liverpool win again, and Son does what anyone should do when confronted by Burnley, run through it as fast as possible. All this, Moomoo of the Week, and a quick European check-in. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Roche is here. Hello, everybody. And Bernie is here. What up, what up? And Mohaned is studying for a test, I believe. Yay. Bernie, you, you've done an MBA. What, what test is Mohaned studying for? Uh, I don't know which one in particular, but it could be his finance. Uh, probably his finance, actually. Yeah, it's probably finance he's doing. Sounds no, Bernie. Boring. It's the I'm avoiding the podcast because Arsenal are shite test. To be fair, Roche, of any week to avoid it, we did just win. <laughs> yeah. Like, your, first, your first one in 10 games. I'm not entirely sure this is a celebratory moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, granted. But still, compared to other weeks, you know. Anyway. Um, uh-huh. Do you, shall we start there? I mean, it was the most recent thing. Or we can go back to Saturday and, and talk about your lot. Yeah, let's start with the Arsenal game. It was the most recent game. It's nice and hot. And it was on a Monday, so likely a lot of people do, didn't see it. So it ended up being three points for Arsenal. And it didn't look like it at halftime. No, I mean, the, the first half was kind of the same absolutely dreadful nonsense we've been seeing for months now. Um, and, you know, at that point... You're thinking, like, this Freddy experiment might be over just as soon as it started. Uh, Links with Marcelino, although, you know, that looks like it will still happen. Um, But it just just looked like, you know, I was thinking over the weekend, let's just get into the relegation zone to see how it feels. (laughs) You know, just like as a life experience. (laughs) Um, And I was kind of fully prepared for it. And then they came back in the second half and, like, Pepe scored his first goal from open play. Little Martinelli. Uh, with a goal, very well taken. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all rosy by the end of it, except that it's West Ham. And can you really count any result against that absolute shower of nonsense? Well, for the first, I mean, they beat Chelsea and then we thought, ooh, has Pellegrini figured something out with this Mikel Antonio thing? Although I feel like Slavin Bilic figured that out and uh, mm-hmm. Allardyce figured that out and mm-hmm. Moyes figured that out. So anyway, whatever. But uh, you're right, Alex. It was really, really poor for about 60, 65 minutes. And it was actually worse than it had ever been. It it was that bad. And it was a moment of just, I want to say stupid defending because I don't get what West Ham were doing on that Martinelli thing. Credit to Martinelli putting that away. He's been on fire. I think seven goals, eight starts, something like that. Um, That's really, really good. Maybe there's a formula there. But like... It was actually like you. Like I'm sure there are, for you Arsenal fans, you get out of this game and you're like, "Yeah, we won," but that was honestly disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's for anyone for anyone whose team beats West Ham right now, it was just just a massive caveat. Like it's really hard to enjoy because because West Ham is so bad. Like on that Martinelli goal, when you're talking about the defending, I completely agree. It's bizarre. And defenders do this all the time. So like Kalasnach gets the ball down the left and he's clearly going to cross it, right? And all the defenders run back quickly so that they're in line with him when he crosses the ball. But there's no one in the box to mark. So like 
let him cross it. The keeper can collect that. Go and stand next to the person the ball might go to, and then you'll probably prevent the goal. It's just completely baffling defending. Well, West Ham got three points off United um, earlier this season, so Arsenal did better there. But uh, I will say, you know, we've talked extensively about West Ham, probably more than we need to on this podcast, but they are really terrible. They're a horrible team. When they beat United, they did the same fatal mistake that Arsenal did, which was the, the admin who should be sacked, the Twitter admin, literally tweeted, uh, Pellegrini's at the wheel or something like that. Remember when Arsenal beat United and they did the same thing and their, and their season went to shit? They did the exact same thing, and since then they have been the most disgraceful club in the nation. Didn't we're, not also, even, we're not even doing right, that right. anymore. Didn't they also tweet like, Tweet something derogatory about Jose before Spurs played them. Wasn't that <laughs> West Ham? Like they've re- they've like, seriously got this rogue admin who's just like getting getting re- <laughs> really banterous and it's backfiring constantly. Yeah, like we said, the whole organization sucks. I mean, the stadium sucks, the club sucks, everything sucks about them. Really um, but yeah, they're a terrible team. Did you see the owner Roche? He looked like Kim, um, was it Gold or I can't remember which one. <laughs> one of them. One he of the dudes looked like Kim, Kim Jong Un. I really hope I, I'm very happy at this. No, I will have to look at this later. <laughs> uh, but if I could finish my point on West Ham, yeah, they're total dross. Arsenal were being beaten by this team 1-0 at halftime. And you actually thought, okay, today's another day of Mohamed and Alex being completely miserable. But then three goals in nine minutes. It's very similar to the United versus Sheffield United performance where they were draws for 83 minutes, but three goals in seven minutes in that game. Any similarities there, you guys think? I agree. I, I saw the similarities, except for the fact that they were 1-0 up, at 1-0 down, not 2. And then we were idiotic in the last minute to concede. Uh, except for that, I, I agree. It was the same abject performance for the same amount of time and then a blitz of goals. So absolutely spot on in that sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bernie, did you take any particular delight in, in your boy Nicola Pepe scoring his first goal? I mean, obviously, it's just an objectively nice moment for someone who's struggled for months to get the goal. And that is like his goal. Like, that's what he tries to do about four or five times a game. And he finally found a defender that would let him do it, <laughs> which is nice. But how did you feel for, for this guy that you really wanted to join United? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's a good player in there. And I feel like I said this on the thread a little bit like, like Fred. He probably start off very poorly and then needs a run of games and he needs confidence. I think, How dare you Pe- compare him to Fred? Yeah, Fred's amazing right now. <laughs> but uh, Pepe, Pepe can be as good as Fred if he just gets the consistency. <laughs> Forget it. What are we even aiming for here? <laughs> oh god all right well yeah not too much more to say about that um i'm pleased for freddie lumberg obviously i don't want his whole tenure to be completely disastrous um but we will see i am not sure let me just if i kind of fill for a minute while i look up arsenal fixtures because i'm not sure sure who arsenal play next oh it's manchester city <laughs> fantastic i mean we couldn't be playing them at, at a better time because they've been in terrible form for them, but it will still be 6 or 7 nil. 
so happy. Oh my god! Actually, okay. So let, Arsenal. Let me. <laughs> if you want to keep laughing, let me read you Arsenal's next few fixtures. So they've got City. Then they've got Everton, which isn't bad, depending on who's in charge of Everton. Could be Unai Emery. That would be funny. If it's uh, Duncan Ferguson, you should be scared. <laughs> oh, forget it. Forget it. I don't want to play that game. Forfeit it. Just save the injuries. Uh, then you've got Arsenal against Bournemouth. So that's a game they could plausibly win. Then there's Chelsea, and then Man United. So difficult run coming up. And that's why people were legitimately saying they could find themselves in the relegation zone um, after a few games. But now, it's funny, man, the the league is crazy tight. Like, they won one game and now they're back up to, what, ninth or something? I'm just having a look here. Uh, Yeah, ninth. They have, this is the first game they've won in five. Sorry, so they went from tenth to ninth? I don't know if they were tenth, but I don't know where they were before. No, no, no. They, They would have been below that. Oh, they. Oh, oh, okay. I thought they were in tenth, but if they were below that, that's even more farcical. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Huh. Well, well, congratulations on your first win, and uh, <laughs> I mean, yep. good luck on the next fixtures. Thank, thank you. Um, so, if we're going to go from newest to oldest, let's go back to yesterday, um, and the team that looks the most likely at the moment to stop Liverpool winning the title, if anyone can, is Leicester City. Roche, you've been extremely impressed by Leicester City all season. How do you feel about Leicester 4, Aston Villa 1? Um, I feel great about it, uh, not only because Jamie Vardy is my fantasy captain and he was eligible for bonus points as well. It took um, him one second, Bernie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Leicester, <clears throat> Leicester had actually been on a streak of clean sheets before this game. So, Jack Grealish, good for you for breaking Leicester's clean sheet streak. Um, but with that being said, I mean, you know, Leicester looking at club record win streaks over here. I think it's like eight games in a row now, which is insane. Um, you know, we thought it was a one-off fluke like three seasons ago, but clearly there's something going on this season as well. And their next game is against Watford, so we could very well see them going on a nine-game win streak, which is unheard of for a team like Leicester in this Premier League, especially when it's like, you know, it's like super tight for like, you know, teams in transition or, or other teams, like everyone in the top six barring Liverpool, like they can't even put a win streak together. So I think Leicester is, is um, like, there's some serious contenders over here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bernie, uh, Kelechi Iniacho has a couple of goals and a couple of assists in his last two games. Did you think his career was over? Yeah, I, 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 I forgot he existed. And he's, Niger- <laughs> and he's Nigerian, so you know how difficult that is for me to forget a Nigerian person. Well, that's uh, exactly why I'm asking. Where, where's Ahmed Musa? <laughs> he's in Qatar or Saudi Arabia. So, uh, but, I mean... <laughs> You guys know my favorite line, football's a confidence game. He got, he got a good goal, and he probably will keep scoring for a little bit as long as he gets in good positions. And this Leicester team is, a, is built to put you in good positions. So uh, credit to him. Um, if they get him and, of course, Vardy, who is on fire right now, firing at the same time, you know, it keeps that, that train going, right? And I mean, I don't consider them contenders in any way, but... If they if they sit above Man City, I'm happy. So yeah, very very, very uh, confident in this Leicester team's ability to do break records like Rache's talking about. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of breaking records, let me give you a couple of Jamie Vardy stats while we're on him. Uh, he became the first player to score in eight consecutive Premier League appearances since. Jamie Vardy in 2015. Uh, Jamie Vardy became the second player to have scored in eight consecutive appearances on more than one occasion, along with. Can anyone guess? Rude Van Nistelrooy. Jamie Vardy. Yes, sir. Rude Van Nistelrooy. Oh. 
Yeah, sorry, Shane. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the uh, I mean, uh, the epitome of uh, late bloomer. But man, this guy's aging like a fine wine, which oh. is kind of a paradox because he's drinking like five Red Bulls and three glasses of wine before each game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it seems uh, to be working. I mean, look at this. This is it, crazy. It, it does work. He seems to be getting better with, with age. It's, it's mental. Um, I also like the fact that he's not maturing at all. Like, he's 32, and to celebrate his goals, he's still just, like, telling the opposition fans to fuck off. <laughs> or, like, standing there with, cup, with cupped ears in front of their home end and stuff. Like, it's amazing. It's, it, it's yeah. just amazing to me that he justified, eventually, his decision to not go to Arsenal and join that absolute clown car of a club. What do you mean, uh, Eventually. Well, like, you know me. You and I agreed that he should not leave Leicester. He should be a legend, get his statue, all yeah. that good stuff. And wanted like, make the step up. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that gives me joy more than anything else. <laughs> you don't think he would have enjoyed getting on, on the end of uh, Granite Xhaka's long balls? Yeah, sure. <laughs> wow, that sounds terrible. Really I know. Does. That was the point. Really anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Leicester City keep on trucking. Uh, the other games on Saturday or Sunday, sorry, not too much to speak of, except that Newcastle United, speaking of runs of form, Steve Bruce for England, ladies and gentlemen, the man is putting some serious wins together. Wow, Alec. This is the problem with England and the way English people like see their football managers. Like anytime somebody does any, anything good, they're like, oh, this man for England, straight away. Like, it's Steve Bruce. Let's, like, hold our horses here for a second. They were playing against Southampton. Rache, there's, there's like, a word that's very important here. There's a very important word in the English dictionary. <laughs> Sarcasm. Is it just one word? Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I completely missed that. But I do think there's some people... <laughs> Absolute Asperger's moment for Rache. <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> on that on that note, I do think that there were some people who, who actually do believe Steve Bruce should go for England. And I think there are some Newcastle fans. Well, no, Newcastle fans need him to stay there so that they can keep winning games. They, they yeah, all but that's voted not for how Brexit. they think. <laughs> they all voted for Brexit, <laughs> Roche. That, that's what those people are. And I, Anyway, I, I'm just saying he did a good job, whatever. He got a 2-1 win. Nice. I did yeah. see people go a little bit overboard, although I am so here for it because they said things like, oh, Steve Bruce is doing such a fantastic job, but no one's going to say anything about the job he's doing in comparison to Rafa Benitez because they needed a messianic foreign figure. Now, I get that's some Brexit talk, hmm. but there is some truth to that at the same time, that he is outperforming Rafa Benitez at any point in Rafa Benitez's stint at, as Newcastle manager. Will it last? I doubt it. I really don't think so. It's long-term, not short-term, that we should be talking about. But still, this is a better streak than Rafa ever put together. You're bang on. And speaking of Messianic, they do have uh, my favorite player and yours, Alain Saint-Maximin. And anything <laughs> is possible when the Gucci headband is around. I mean, look, Newcastle are on 22 points, which is only two behind Manchester United. And there is no one between Manchester United and the Champions League places. So, come on. Brucey gets yeah, his credit. That's really good. Can we, uh, I mean, with all this evidence being presented, can we finally null and void Rafa Benitez's entire existence? No. <laughs> we're getting a step because, closer, though. <laughs> you know, there were, there were a few seasons in there where I was like, you know, this guy's just a fat waiter. Um, I don't want to hear anything about him. And then I had to go through this whole win. complete, I had to go to Albanistari for a year and like come to terms with the fact that he was a good manager and now he's being undone by Steve Bruce in like, you know, <laughs> 10 games. So now maybe maybe that was all a lie. 
and maybe he is actually shite. Well, so the, the, I'm hanging you, out before to that. you say that, have you seen what he's what he's done in China? What? Who, uh, no, not at all. No, no nor have I. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rafa will be back soon enough, and he can he can try and pick up his his mantle again. Um, but on Saturday, it was quite a big day in the Premier League. And we'll we'll get we'll get to you guys soon. But nope, uh, nope, 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 what, no, 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 no. We're not what, waiting what, any what, longer. What, 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 what? <laughs> We're not waiting any longer. I don't even know why I did that like that. That's but. not a that's not a song. Well, I made it a song. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you put but but you, Jesus can't even speak. I hope you put beats underneath this bit in editing. Right, Manchester City. Then I, I'll bend to public pressure. Manchester City one, Manchester United two. Uh, your greatest day in recent history. Take it away. <laughs> uh, first first well, off, how dare you only limit this to Manchester City and Manchester United. Manchester United beat Tottenham Hotspur 2-1 yeah. and then beat Man City 2-1. And you know what? The wheel is being repaired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'd like to add to that. How dare you also say this is our greatest day. It's our greatest week. <laughs> Like, That's true. I mean, these are like, you know, when, when United drew 2-2 at home to Aston Villa, you're thinking, okay, well, they're going to play Spurs next. Mourinho is coming back to Old Trafford. Then they're going to play Pep Guardiola's Man City on the hunt for points, trying to chase Liverpool. And both, like, you know, it's very likely that they'll get absolutely blown out in these two games. But no, here we are, Bernie and I, with hope, knowing that our team is good against big teams. And they've come out with six points in those two games. That's absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable performance. All of a sudden, we're going from, you know, after Aston Villa, oh, you know, Solskjaer might be sacked in the middle of the week. Um, we could get Pochettino facing Mourinho at Old Trafford if that's the case, but clearly that never happened. And now it's all Solskjaer in, and we're going to win the league. It, it was... Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Well, I, I was just going to say, you're going to win the league until, until you play a team that, that you have to take the initiative against. So I'm prepared for you today, Alex, because Alex is talking some shit. So, <laughs> sorry. What? Well, Manchester United have been good this season. Uh, they've been better than you. But anyway, the point is, what? it's not the barometer. You, I know you're nowhere near. But if you look at um, what's that team's one. name? Um, what's that team's name? Tottenham. Yes, it's only Tottenham lads. Tottenham mm-hmm. sat deep at United and took no initiative. And United. Pummeled them and should have scored five in the first half. I Jose disagree. did his usual park the bus. Uh, no, Rashford hit no, the. Yeah, not he at did. All. No. He absolutely did. The no, possession Tottenham stats. did not sit deep. Hold Tottenham, on. Tottenham did this, this medium block thing that was completely ineffective. They were horrendous against you and, you and and you did very well against them. But that was not a parked bus at all. No, but here's here's the thing. Tottenham did not take any attacking initiative, which other teams might have. Now, United had to break them down. United had 60% possession in the first half. That should tell you that United had all the ball and all the initiative and created chances. And Rashford hit the bar. Mason Greenwood could have scored. Uh, what's his, uh, Rashford had a, had a goal and another chance. They could have honestly scored four goals. The XG was amazing. They actually absolutely broke this team down bit by bit. And then the second half, I mean, they only, they didn't, Tottenham didn't even do anything in the second half. There was no peppering But, but I of, don't know why you're so focused this on this game. The general point is that Manchester United can perform better in big games in which they can counterattack, which is their most effective strategy. But I'm just saying in you, games Than they can in games against smaller opposition. Like you it, are 100% right there. Right. But so they that's, didn't that's counterattack the Tottenham is what I'm telling you. 
that's showing that they are learning. I'm not saying they're going to do anything in the next game, but we have to give them credit for breaking down a stubborn defensive team, which they have had a lot of trouble doing this season. They did do that. And then they went to Man City and played one of the best counterattacking games I've seen this season. It was a disgrace. That first half was it was assault. That's exactly what it was. Man City came at them within 10 seconds, front to back, five good times. They did this on match of the day. Man United were right at their other side and had chances to score. It was disgustingly beautiful counterattacking play. I don't really understand why or when City stopped being able to stop counterattacks. Like their whole thing is committing a lot of players forward and, and overloading. And then of the obvious counterpoint to that is that a team could counterattack counter against you and run into acres of space. But last season, they were so effective at, at snuffing that out, whether it was a Fernandinho tackle, Bernardo Silva running back and getting a little nick in. And they just haven't been able to do it recently. And I, I really can't explain why. Well, I don't have an idea. No. I know. I mean, I know that Sergio Aguero is on the bench. Um, people are looking at um, that left back. Zinchenko. I don't. Th- I don't really rate Zinchenko very Zinchenko's highly. Zinchenko's been, been um, injured, man. He hasn't been playing. Yeah, but I, I definitely don't rate Angelino. I think Angelino is crap. I, you know, this guy just popped up out of nowhere. Like literally, Guardiola's like milk boy has been given uh, <laughs> starting starting place at Man City, and he was completely exposed. Daniel James running riot over this guy, um, and and uh, yeah, I just think their squad's a little imbalanced up top. I think Raheem Sterling, you know. You know, what, it, there's never going to be a time in like a Man City dominant era where it's like, okay, we're being led by Raheem Sterling as if he's like a Messi or Ronaldo of Man City. Like, I think he needs other players around him in order to perform at a certain level. And if they're not there, like Aguero, for example, then he he almost looks like he's out of ideas. Sorry, I, I have to take issue with this. I mean, for a start, he has the other players around him. They have all the attacking players in the world. And secondly... Like Sterling himself didn't have a particularly bad game, Ooh. so I'm not I'm not sure. Like, I know you're going to bring up Wambasaka and how well Wambasaka did, and yes, he was fantastic. But Sterling had him on toast a couple of times, and like Sterling had him on. Sterling toast was in the not first 15 minutes of the game, and after that, Sterling could not buy himself a ticket to anywhere. Jesus is like not even a football player. What was he doing on this field? Like the only time I saw him, I was like, wow, look at his cheeks. And then that was it. He didn't really do anything <laughs> with the ball. I mean, he, he's been in pretty good form the last couple of weeks, but in general, I do agree that City need a better backup to Aguero than, than Gabi Jesus. But I, I just don't, I'm not sure, like, looking at, at, I'm surprised that you identified the attack as the problem here. The, the, the actual problem, and it's unfortunate because he's a good player, but the actual problem in this game, and specifically in Wolves, which are, I would say are two games where they were just counterattack the hell out of, is Rodri. Rodri is a very, very good player. But Rodri is also not very good against fast transitions. He cannot get in those positions. Jesse Lingard parked himself in the space right behind Rodri, mm-hmm. and then a ball went from Maguire, Fred, Jesse Lingard, wing, goal that was what was happening and Rodri time and time again could hadn't he was chasing shadows he had no idea where this guy was and it was the same thing against Wolves if you're going to play teams that are faster you need to either pair Rodri with Fernandinho and put in an Otamendi who is useless but put him in the defense with stones and get um, Fernandinho in there for his tactical fouling and his positional announce Rodri yep. was the weak link in this game. And it was shocking that Pep Guardiola could not do anything about that. It is. 
It well, sorry, it was. Uh, and what's more interesting is that is that you know, Fernandinho has been one of the cornerstones of, of City's success. And I understand that they've had problems at centre back, and that's partially why he's been playing, you know, Fernandinho there. And I also understand that 33, 34, you have to replace him eventually. But it is interesting. Fernandinho has been largely moved out of his best position all season. And they're not renewing his contract, or it looks like they're not renewing his contract, which is up at the end of the season. So, like, if they're going to make the transition away from him, it has to go better than this. You're right. Okay. Can I also add that um, City needed a centre-back? And if you know you need a centre-back as badly as you did, get Maguire. Maguire had a wonderful game. Maguire's had a good season, but this was a standout game here. He's had a fine season. Yeah, he's been, that's what I'm saying. He had a good season, but this was an excellent performance. He hasn't had excellent performances time and time again. But mm-hmm. here's a case in point. City put in 40 crosses in this game. Only seven hit a man. Maguire uh, uh, and Lindelof were repelling their attacks like no one's business. Wan-Bissaka was doing a great job on, on Sterling and KDB as they were coming on the other side, but this was Maguire's game. And if you look at the other side, the positioning of the City defenders and the Manchester United attackers was disgusting. I, I just do, it was as if they've never trained in their lives. It was unbelievable, honestly. And, and credit to Marcus Rashford for just taking the space and running at the space and making City defenders look dumb time and time again. Credit to Marcus Rashford. Yeah. Brilliant season. People call him Trashford. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, Rashford was up against a tenacious and tough and very strong Kyle Walker. And I think that was a harder flank to be on too. You know, you actually don't see Rashford and James swap flanks too much. But, um, you know, James had the easier of the two flanks because he was again, up against Guardiola's milk boy, um, Angelino. And yeah, I agree with Bernie's points that they were completely out of shape. I mean, yeah, like Fernandinho is not really a center back. Um, it's like almost, you know, like a few seasons ago, playing Michael Carrick in center back, you know, you know, it's a temporary solution and he's not the, he's not the final solution, um, in terms of like a defensive approach. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, on one hand, you can say that city were lacking firepower in attack. United's defense was good, but, and on the other hand, you can also say that city are shit in defense. But just to add to your point, Roche, look at Martial's goal. He plays a, a, a one-two in no, nowhere with Daniel James, and he literally turns 360 degrees on, I think it was Fernandinho, or I can't remember who it was. He literally just turned 360 degrees, faced the goal, and shot. How can, that, is, that is public defending, although it was a good goal and good shot from, from Tony Martial, black gloves, ice cold, no smile, but you cannot be that amateur. And Pep Guardiola actually needs to figure this out. It is, it is his worst point, points return uh, after 16 games of a top-flight season in his managerial career, allegedly. You know, if Mohamed was here, he would just come in and chime in and say, if, uh, you know, if, forget about the league. The league is done. Um, focus on the Champions League. That's what Guardiola was brought here to Man City to do. And if you can't do that this season, that's it. This is the season that they're going to push for the Champions League, and that's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, to, to some extent, that's true. I just think... I mean, to, I also think this, that Guardiola has brought to City for more than the Champions League. I think he was brought to establish domestic dominance that they hadn't really been able to establish despite spending the money to do so in the years before. But obviously, the Champions League is a target. It's just, it's really hard to believe that a team playing like this 
is going to do it. I mean, obviously things change massively between, you know, November, December and February when the next Champions League round starts, but it's hard to see right now, isn't it? I can't, I can't see it. I mean, although we did see Spurs as hapless as they were in the league, get to Champions League final with a lot of luck, with a little bit of luck, maybe Man City could have gotten there themselves last year and maybe they can get there this year. But it scares me to think that if, if they come up against, uh, you know, a Bayern Munich and Lewandowski's on form, if they come up against PSG and Kylian Mbappe's on form or Barcelona and Messi, you, you do feel like they will capitulate. And I, I don't see how they, how they negotiate those, those rounds if they face teams like that. Maybe they avoid teams like that. Maybe that's the way they do it. I don't know. Is there an argument also to say that a team that is less uh, ideologically rigid? So like Spurs got to the Champions League final and a lot of it, in the end, in the last few rounds, was based on knocking it long to Llorente and letting him flick it on and then chaos ensues, right? City are never going to do that. City are never going to just embrace the chaos and launch it into the box and see what happens. They're always going to attack the way that they're taught to attack. And to some extent, maybe in the latter rounds of the Champions League, that might work against them. If City are going to do that, I mean, so you guys remember the Champions League between Liverpool and City, I think it was two seasons ago, right? When uh, Liverpool went to the final with Karius. Yeah, yeah, Oxlade-Chamberlain's pile driver. So the exact way Manchester United played in this game was exactly how Liverpool played in that game. They, they pressed them and then countered them at incredible speed. Remember the, the goal from the, um, the halfway line run for Salah? That was how they played. There is, the, the blueprint has been there for years. And it's, it's uh, Solskjaer literally just looked at it and went, huh, this makes sense. Any other manager in the world with a brain will play that way and they will beat Man City in the Champions League. And, and I'm, it just confuses me how... You're right. There is no plan B to counter counter that. You can't be that philosophical. Like you just cannot mm. be. It doesn't make sense. Fair enough. Uh, time for a quick break. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's do it, and we'll come back with Mumu of the week. I, I be Mumu. <laughs> One thing we are no sha Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day Mumu go wake up. All right, it is Moo of the Week time now. I'm excited because we haven't done this in a little while. Uh, before we go on, Bernie, do you want to explain what it is, please? Yes. Uh, so in this segment, we talk about uh, fools. And Mumu is Nigerian uh, pidgin English. That's our street slang for fool, idiot, or just someone that we want to laugh at. Um, and we're going to highlight uh, the fools and, of course, Mumu's of the Week. Absolutely right. Now, this was sparked off uh, by, you know, we name check him like every two weeks, so not a surprise. Uh, but uh, our friend Raul uh, tagged us in a story that Mario Melchiot, former Chelsea and Holland defender, tweeted bizarrely. Um, and the story is that Danish club Viborg are suing their new signing, Verhagen, suspecting he is a fake footballer after seeing him play. And Melchiot ends that tweet with hashtag love. Well, MM love, I guess, for Mario Melgio, which is quite bizarre. And Rahul tweeted, Mumu worthy, though not sure which side is the Mumu in this case, the club or the player. Uh, yeah, fair or, enough. Or Melgio for thinking that he has a brand. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, at least he's trying to create one, which is, which like, is fair. Like what? Okay. Um, but, you know, a bunch of... You, you know how Nigerian Twitter works, right? Like a bunch of people uh, saw that Rahul tweeted this 
and uh, and one man uh, whose Twitter name is name can be blank, although the at is Onubedo, O-O-N-U-B-E-D-O, uh, said, this sounds like a person with a lot of Nigerian friends. And that went on uh, for a while. Other Nigerians jumped in on that. Raul had to explain that you hadn't uh, given him jollof rice yet, etc. Can I, can I jump in on the jollof rice thing? Because... So he tried to banter me by saying that, oh, you hadn't given me any jollof rice, so maybe I'll go hang out with my Ghanaian friends. Maybe their jollof is better. <laughs> well, Cardi B was just in, in Nigeria, had jollof rice, no problems. Got to Ghana, had jollof rice, and she ended up shitting so hard that she was, had to tweet about it and actually had to record about how the food almost killed her. So Ghana, you need to figure your, your life out. You know what? I think that I think that does it, man. Like, I think that ends the battle, doesn't it? It, it really does. We're, we're actually celebrating. Go check out Nigerian Twitter right now. <laughs> we're doing victory laps all over the Ghanaians on Twitter right now. It's, it's really actually good. true. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, anyway, so I was, I was explaining to this guy that we do, that we sometimes do a segment called Mumu of the Week. And I said that if he subscribed to the podcast, we would do it this week. So it is my pleasure to bring this segment back. And what have we got this week? Bernie, you sent us a story earlier today. Yeah, so a 62-year-old grandma, her name is Viv Bodycoat, which is weird enough, uh, is obsessed with Josie Mourinho, and she's got, I think it's 34, 38 tattoos on her body of the special one. And she just got a new one um, that says, Welcome back, Jose, and it has spurs. And the Spurs logo is not Tottenham Hotspur. It's uh, the San Antonio Spurs. So I don't understand how you can be a football fan and get that wrong unless you did it on purpose. But then it says, spur them on, baby, which is just really weird. And I feel like, I feel like after the the absolute domination by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, she should get that one removed. It's just, there's no point. The special one is not back. I'm just saying. I mean, I will encourage anyone to go, to look up this story. Just Google like woman Mourinho tattoos. Cause some of them really are incredible. I mean, one of them is him uh, as the Godfather. Another one is him in the middle of an egg, which says, <laughs> eat me. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there are some pretty incredible quotes. Wherever Jose goes, I go. I Sorry, followed I was... him at Manchester United. I think he was poorly treated. It was painful to watch. Can I read one? I feel like she wants him. She, she really does. Well, yeah. There's she one quote in particular that's sensational. She go goes, I would put him on a pedestal above all other managers, including Pep Guardiola. Fine, we haven't reached craziness yet. Then she goes, the only one that comes close is Mauricio Pochettino. What? <laughs> Like, in terms of what? And then she goes... It's unclear. Watching him manage and coach a team is sexy. I bet he smells nice, too. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, it gets better. Her enthusiasm for all things Mourinho isn't something that upsets her husband, Tony. He loves it. He loves Jose Mourinho, too, she revealed. We'll watch games together. He was asking me about Mourinho, and he's very supportive of the, tat of the tattoos I've had done. <laughs> this is astonishing <laughs> stuff. Wow. Wow. Wow, and oh my god she is horrendous uh, <laughs> okay anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she definitely deserves the the mumu award this week but there are a couple of the candidates or one of the candidate i think this week which is the announcer at uh west ham's olympic stupid stadium who when arsenal brought on mateo guenduzzi on 80 something minutes in the game this this week announced david louise instead 
you know what? I'm going to give him a pass. Why? I, I, because it's his I, job. He's it, only got one it job. Is. He's got it, it is. wrong. But someone that is such had a plot to do this. twist. Right? <laughs> someone had to do this, though. I, I feel like the world needed that. <laughs> it's, it's, but the thing is, like, as a mistake, it's bad. And as a joke, it's also bad. It's just necessary. All right, if you say so. Well, well uh, you know, to be fair, in Toronto, if you walk past the Union Station, you see a big BAZN, which is like the carrier for the EPL advertisement, and David Luiz is still wearing a Chelsea jersey. He always plays for the other team anyway, so whatever. <laughs> oh! Good point. All right, uh, that will end that segment. Bernie, I'll let you go and find the, uh, the music to put around it. All right. Happy <laughs> Momo. One thing where I know, Sha, Momo no fit sleep forever. One day, Momo go wake up. So let's end the pod with the other games that took place on Saturday or the topics around them. Liverpool extended their lead with a 3 0 win over Bournemouth, and this was notable why. Uh, Shakiri came back with a hair transplant. Yuck. <laughs> it looks better did, than it did I before. I was really? still looking at his legs. Oh. <laughs> Rache, <laughs> hold on, Rache, wait a minute. Last week, we, we spent a good amount of time on Jack Grealish's legs. Yeah. I'm not going to spend time on Paracube's legs, by the way, except to say the man is all shoulders and leg. There is literally no yeah. torso for a man that short, which is criminal. Absolutely. Shoulders, legs, knees and toes, power cube. Shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, did he score? No, he didn't score in this game. When did he score? In the 5-2 of uh, oh, ass-kicking yeah. that Everton took. Damn it. Right, well, he's back in the fold anyway. But in this game, it was Chamberlain, Keita, and Salah. Naby Keita coming back. Haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. I know. Yep. I mean, he had to show up after being completely outshone by Fred this season. So it was very important for him. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Bournemouth are crap. I've been saying it all along. People talking about Eddie Howe for <laughs> top six jobs. Nah, fam. He can't. <laughs> He can't Actually, do Alex, it. It was you. You were like, Eddie Howe, let's see what he can do at a big club. You were the advocate for Eddie, Eddie Howe. No, no, no. Absolutely incorrect. Yeah. I, wa- I want him to get like an Everton job so that we can finally see whether he can do anything other than keep Bournemouth in the Premier League, which is fine as an <laughs> achievement. But let's see something else, please. But not. Alex, I could have sworn that you were like, bring in Eddie Howe to Arsenal. Absolutely <laughs> I not. I swear to God. Bernie, one Bernie, one in a long line of things Bernie? that your brain has made up out of nowhere. <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> okay, let me be let let me be the voice of reason here. So Alex is did two two criminal things, okay, with managers. <laughs> the first was support Marco Silva before he admitted he was a fraud until I had to beat him over the head with the fact that Marco Silva was a fraud. <laughs> it didn't he did much. the same thing with Eddie Howe, where he was like, Oh, he did such a great job, he could manage Tottenham. He didn't say Arsenal, he said Tottenham. Because I, Alex is a secret. Tottenham fan because his dad's a Tottenham fan, which is a theme on this podcast. But oh, yeah, we, yeah, that's right. That's right. He did say Tottenham. Oh, but yeah. remember, Alex, after he signed Solanke... <laughs> jumping on a bandwagon that he has no idea about. <laughs> so after Eddie Howe signed Solanke, and I think it was Jordan Ibe, Alex quickly realized, this is not where I need to be. <laughs> this man is not a football manager. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Dominic yeah. Solanke. Has oh, he scored a goal yet? Mate, I don't know. <laughs> One of the worst He's signings so in football, football history. Uh, oh, anyway, Everton Bournemouth lost. lost. Good. 
Uh, Everton, big Duncan Ferguson. So he's been on the coaching staff for like five years. They finally gave him a chance and he killed it. He absolutely killed it. I don't know what he said or what he gave to those Everton players unless it was cocaine. Uh, it, this performance was unreal. I think it was cocaine because to see Theo Walcott breathing past Kante and then I think, I'm not sure if it was a goal or an assist. It was, it was some, something happened, but he breathed past Kante like Kante wasn't even there. And I think that that's, that's like total cocaine. It, it, it has to be. Apparently, so the commentators began the game like were really, really effusive about his uh, program notes where he talked about passion and everything. And, but I, I mean, people say that all the time, but they really made notice of this. And I honestly think he probably just told them, give them some, you know, gladiator type speech or something because they came out the blocks like I've never seen Everton play in even with David Moyes. It was unbelievable. They won every single tackle. They probably elbowed 10 people on the pitch and then nothing was picked up by VAR. It was it was so refreshing to see. And you know what? I'm just going to make this statement. I don't care about the circumstances. I don't care about the results. But seeing Duncan Ferguson, uh, what's his name? The Calvin Klein model, um, Freddie Lundberg, Frank Lampard, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, managing their clubs. It's heartwarming. I don't give a shit about these people who are like nostalgia of this. It is a wonderful thing to see, especially when it goes well, like in this case, like in United's case, like in Chelsea's case, not so much in Arsenal's case, but it's unbelievable to see. So props to them because they absolutely dominated that game and Chelsea, two losses in a row now, I believe it is. Roche, you have some questions about them. About Chelsea? Yeah. Absolutely. Many questions. That's three losses in four games. Alex is still a closet Chelsea fan, thinking that the wheels haven't fallen off the bus. But clearly, they just got absolutely manhandled by Everton. And now Chelsea are looking like they're going to fall out of the top four. Is it three and four? It's three and four. Who did they, I know they lost to... Well, okay. Well, for, they lost, they to, lost they, to West Ham. They lost yeah. to... They lost to, Man- to Manchester City 2-1, which is fair enough. Then they drew with Valencia. Then they lost 1-0 one- one to West Ham, beat Aston, Villa, beat Aston Villa, and then lost to, lost to Everton. Ooh. To be fair, they should have lost in Valencia. They, they were not good, and they, yep, Valencia they pulled that away. So that could have been – is it 4-4 four and four or what? Or no, they beat somebody in between, you said. They, they beat Villa, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and the reason – like, apparently, it doesn't take much to get called a closet fan. Jesus Christ. Um, but <laughs> the, the, the reason I say the wheels haven't fallen off is because that's far too strong a phrase. Um, Chelsea were not expected – to get in the top four this season. Like at the start of this season, if they if you'd told me that they would be in the top four, you'd say that was a miraculous season with a, a completely novice manager and a squad that is in you know massive transition as well. Who did you think was gonna be in the top four? Anyhow. Let's let's focus on the point for now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to that. We'll come back you to that. You know it was anyhow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, it was going to be Bournemouth, Palace, uh, you know, all the teams I support. Um, and uh, what's and, it, Steve Bruce? And Steve, yeah, Steve Bruce's Newcastle. Anyway, the point is that Chelsea were already punching way above their weight. So a dip in form is completely different to the wheels coming off. The wheels coming off suggests there's going to be a long slide, uh, you know, down to mid-table or to, you know, whatever. The fact is they've had a dip in form after performing incredibly well. So I'm not too worried about them. They're also not playing terribly they're not defending very well but they haven't defended well all season they've just attacked well enough to compensate for it yeah I, they have defended pathetically and mm-hmm. and and by the way in this game 
it was a perfect example of that. The first goal was just rubbish center back, center back play. You know Richardson is great on cross. And Lampard actually said this himself, so I'm glad he has the awareness that that goal should never have happened. The third goal, I don't remember the second one, but the third goal, which was Kepa just being an idiot and then Zuma being an idiot mm-hmm. after Kepa was an idiot. Like, firstly, Zuma is rubbish. Like, we need to, <laughs> like, we need to just lay this down and accept this. And thank goodness for them that the transfer ban is, has been rescinded now because they can actually go out and sign a centre-back. Because if they think that Rudiger is going to come in and fix his defence, oh boy, are they going to be shocked by no, what no, the result's no, going to no, be. No, 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 <laughs> Horrendous footballer. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's true. I, 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 just, I, I just also think there's a, there's a lot of circumstance involved in the last few results. Um, especially, I mean, this Everton result is, is an anomaly, right? Like, Everton have been horrendous all season. Ferguson's come in. He's, he's got the archetypal new manager bounce by restoring the passion and the pride and going 4-4-2, kick everything, run everything, like, play like a house on fire. <laughs> and Everton have done it. A fair play. It's very impressive. But, like, it's not going to continue for very long, you know? That's what we say. I mean, it may not continue, but until... All I know is it's fun. And yeah. it's worth it until it's no, not worth it anymore. <laughs> that's, that's all we can say about that. And the same goes for Frank Lampard. Chelsea fans are enjoying it. Uh, and until the wheels f- f- fully come off, you know, keep going. It's fun. Like, what's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah. what, what, what else do we have in England? Because I don't want to talk about Frank Lampard. We have uh, the special one. Uh, Tottenham 5, Burnley nil. And by the special one, in this case, I'm going to talk about Song Hyun Min. Because <laughs> what a goal. What a goal! Oh I mean, yeah, like you—it's fair to say that the Burnley players were horrendous in their in their attempts to stop this happening, but it was just phenomenal. I mean, firstly, this is what happens when you're let out of Aaron Wan-Bissaka's pocket, and then you can express yourself and do wonderful things. So credit to—actually, I'm going to give this credit to Aaron Wan-Bissaka because he's the one that really. <laughs> He's the one that really gave Son the confidence to come out and do that today. The credit to, <laughs> credit to Aaron. Credit I mean, to Aaron. Given the goal didn't really have an assist, he can, he can take that. <laughs> but on, on a serious note, uh, apparently Jose's son calls uh, Son Sonaldo. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, a, that's appropriate for, for that level of goal that, that he did score. Yeah. Yeah. Roche, thoughts? Uh, he scored a good goal and he's in form. Let's not forget about Dele Ali either. Dele Ali has been unleashed and um, had two assists in this game. Um, also, Harry Kane was unleashed. He he got two goals and an assist, I believe. And one of them was an absolute long range, like cruise missile. I'm, t- I'm telling you, like Kim Jong Un would have been like <laughs> sending his men to like observe the trajectory of this. <laughs> it was it was an absolute corker. And and you know, Bernie, you, you laughed last week, and I said that Jose has got. Sissoko scoring goals and now now Musa Sissoko has two and two. I, I don't know how to feel. I, Astonishing. I, I honestly feel like my 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 life has been uh, assaulted by this news of, of Sissoko being competent football player. Like actually more than competent because now he's scoring goals on the regular. This is this is I don't know. But you know what? I don't this saddens me because it just shows that the players were done with Pochettino. Like they were done. They were yeah. finished. Yeah. And finished it's not as if he wasn't a guy who had the club's best interest at heart or a guy that they even really, really liked. 
they were just done and that's sad but why but what do you mean like what would you what do you mean they were done nothing happened the the athletic someone i can't remember who it was but they wrote an article and said that the players were not even looking at him anymore he was always in a foul mood eye contact wasn't there and i think a little bit like Jose United, he took out his frustrations that he had with Levy and had with not being able to transform the team and all that stuff. And it affected the players because he took it out on them, probably. Yep. So, you know, that, that happens in football. We saw that United. We saw the bounce that we had. Um, you know, let's see if Jose can keep that up. Um, we'll see if the players turn on him in the end, which they probably will after two years. <laughs> so whatever. But yeah, I mean, they're doing yeah. well history is the best predictor of the future and uh, <laughs> would suggest that this has a two-year lifespan. I, I do want to just hate on uh, Sean Dyche for a minute, though, if you'll indulge me. Because Burnley is, Burnley is supposed to be this, like, British, tough, like, defender all costs, keep it tight kind of team. And Get stuck not, in. Yeah. And, and, you know, go down the mine, whatever. And they're <laughs> absolute nonsense. They can't stop conceding <laughs> goals. They're, like, what's their goal difference? I'm going to look up. Minus eight. You know, that's better than I thought it was, which is annoying. Um, but they're just, they're not good. They're not good. And Daesh was another one who was linked with all the big jobs. And, you know, get all these English pundits coming out. And they're like, I don't understand why Daesh isn't linked to, linked to Everton or this or that. It's like, well, because his team can't play football. Well, Sean Daesh kind of looks like the English Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Enough it's said. so true. And that's not a good thing at all. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I think people just like the fact that he talks like this and like it's it's interesting but other than that honestly remember how I really hate Southampton and I just wanted to get relegated because they're a waste <laughs> of everyone's time I honestly feel that at this point Burnley are becoming a waste of everyone's time and I want them gone as well yes the shtick is old like enough of this nonsense already also I thought Alex already... was a supporter I there's thought Alex so really many... liked Sean Dash. there's only so many claret teams you can have in one league <laughs> Like who won Villa, the most Burnley, recent, West Ham? Who won the most recent Burnley and uh, Bournemouth clash? Because those two fraudulent managers, they need to just duke it out in like a death match or something and get. Out they just face. stay in their own league where they only play each other. <laughs> but Alex, Alex likes both those managers. Oh, well, he clearly doesn't like Dice anymore. I'm, I'm just, I'm just not responding to it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are it's we the done with the Premier League sense. then? Yes, sir. What else you got? Absolutely. There's only one place that we... Well, there are two places we can go if we have the time. Uh, one, because let's go to Barcelona. Uh, mm. There was a Lionel Messi hat trick. Uh, fantastic goals. Um, and then there was... If I, you know what? That's the most I'm going to say about Lionel Messi today. Because Luis Suarez, my goodness. Beast. What was that? Absolutely. That- absolutely. I want, I want to quickly comment over here. Because uh, Ray Hudson's commentary, every time Messi does anything... Honestly, there we go. If he if Messi takes like a handkerchief out of his pocket and blows his nose, Ray Hudson immediately Are you kidding me? Every single time, the amount of times I've heard, Are you kidding me? But this time when Suarez did that back heel, Ray Hudson made a noise in a frequency <laughs> that I've never heard before. <laughs> and sure. I think that is the most impressive part about that goal. It it was you know what, there's probably only dogs could have heard that frequency, but that was <laughs> A stunning, <laughs> stunning goal. You know, you, you see Son's goal, and then you think, oh, my God, that was a goal. And then you see this, and you go, well, it's going to be fun when we see the uh, Pushkas Awards, although I think he's taken it. Like, I don't think you're going to beat that goal. That was unbelievable. Actually, don't you remember, like, Mane last season scored a back heel very similar to this one? 
similar to this? Yeah, it, it wasn't uh, like you know from the side as much as it was directly in front of the goal. Ooh. But um, it had I, a similar. It, no one remembers that Mane back heel, really. I don't remember it. No, Alex, do you? That's that's yeah. correct answer, Bernie, because it was a Liverpool goal, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> uh, cracking goal, Luis Suarez, and I can't remember the. I think Griezmann also scored in this game. Am I am I right about that? I don't remember. Yes, he did. He scored the opening goal. It was a you know a goal kick from Ter Stegen. The defending was complete garbage, and then Griezmann basically ran half the length of the field uh, unchecked, and then he chipped it over the goalkeeper, who was you know if you look at the replay, the goalkeeper is like somehow he's already on the ground before Griezmann is even shot, so like leaving him no option except to chip. Ter Stegen has two assists this season. That Not is, bad, is it? That is sensational. That's two more than Mesut Ozil, just saying. Um, <laughs> but he, he also conceded a shit goal. You should have seen him floundering for uh, the second goal that, uh, I think, oh, what was the team that they were playing? Mallorca or something? Yeah, I, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah the team. That, <laughs> okay, so oops. But anyway, so just again, completely floundering when that cross came in. And even Ray Hudson was like, ooh. Uh, I hate Ray Hudson. But anyway, uh, in La Liga, it's a tie at the top. Barcelona, Real Madrid. Uh, I think Real Madrid squeaked another victory. I just mm-hmm. don't care about their results anymore. Like it's just they they bore me. Um, I'm far more interested in, in the continuing Gareth Bale saga and who's going to ultimately win that. They gave him a, a. I think Marcelo gave him a golf club or something at the Christmas party Secret Santa <laughs> thing, which which is just brilliant. I love that they're keeping that going. Yeah, Gareth's probably like this isn't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh Italy. Uh Inter Milan drew with uh Roma, Roma in the Black Friday game. Um, oh God. I don't even want to get into that. I think everyone knows about the, the, the casual racism of what was a wonderful formerly wonderful establishment of Corriera della Sport. Mm-hmm. Uh absolute racist bricks. Um and and you know what? It, Lukaku and Smalling did the right thing. Neither of them did anything in this game. And <laughs> I think that was the right response is racism. Don't give them any entertainment. So just bore the shit out of every, everyone. <laughs> and I'm happy as, you know, Lukaku, who, by the way, I like. I just don't like the agenda. Did not score this weekend. Again, Rashford scored. Marshall scored. So everyone can eat shit. Uh, <laughs> sure. It also, it also didn't, uh, didn't backfire on Inter too badly because uh, they may have only drawn, but Juve lost 3-1 to Lazio, who are on stunning form and are only three points behind Juventus right now. Um, Juve went down to 10 men and Lazio just, just put them away late on and it was it's quite a result. So if you look at the table, where is the Serie A table? Inter are top it. on 38 points. Juve yeah. are two points behind 36. Lazio 33. And then rounding out the Champions League spots, Cagliari, which I would be happy about because, you know, underdog story, except that their fans are completely batshit mental racists as well. And, and if we scroll all the way down and use our big microscope to find them, Napoli, who were my pick to come second, are 21st. And No, no they're 7th. <laughs> They've got 21 points. Oh, wait, what did I say? 21st? <laughs> There's the only 20, 20 teams in the, the league, Bernie. <laughs> Bernie's got them relegated. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, the my 21st. gosh. <laughs> That's even better. 
Uh, yes, they're seventh with 21 points. Absolute disgrace, and I hope there's a fire sale there. Um, it looks like there will be. I mean, Ancelotti seems to be going in the next week or two. Uh, he's actually been linked with the Arsenal job as well. But um, but yeah, it, reports came out today that, that they're lining up Gattuso to take that job, which would be bonkers. Like, I, really Gattuso boring. to Arsenal? No, it's Napoli. Oh, I would love to see Gattuso at Arsenal. Man, you no, got no. me really excited. No, thank you. I pray they do that. I would that. take that. Yes. I pray they do that. No, not the Arsenal, the Napoli thing, because that actually means players will walk out of their contracts. Yes. <laughs> they really would. Yes. <laughs> and that would be worth it to me. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Is there any other league worth discussing? Uh, Germ- oh, Bayern yes. Marco Rose. Rosa. Guys, I need my credit for Marco Rose. I need it. You do. You do. Thank you, Alex. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. I, that's, that's, that actually just made my day. Like, you know, my week was going great with United, but now you've just topped it off. Thank you. Marco Rose, sensational <laughs> manager. Honestly, he should be everyone's pick for next manager. Forget Pochettino, forget Ancelotti. This guy is it. I mean, Gladbach beat, uh, what's Bayern. FC Hollywood, Bayern Munich, top of the league, 31 points. Although Leipzig are behind them in 30 points. I don't know what's going on. And if I use my microscope again, in seventh is Bayern Munich. Woo! Seven points off the top. <laughs> they need are you sure, are you right sure they're now. not 21st? They're 24th, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the question I have for you on Bayern is, I mean, Hansi Flick clearly is not going get to like, get this job long term. No. If, you're, if you're seventh in the league, then that's not going to happen. Is it Pochettino time? Because I don't think Arsenal is going to happen. And I think United are going to hold on to Solskjaer until the end of the season. Is it Pochettino time now? Or are they going to wait till the summer? No. Um, I mean, there's a, I don't think Pochettino is going to Bayern particularly. I think if that was going to happen, it probably would have happened already. Pochettino has been clear that he's, he doesn't need a rest and he's ready to come back in and, and take something on. Um, and I, I just don't think the Bayern Munich hierarchy can get over the needing to speak German thing. They, they had the Ancelotti scenario where Ancelotti didn't really speak it. They let Pep take over, but he spent a year learning German beforehand. And obviously, he's an exception to any rule. Um, they really want Tuchel. And so I'm thinking they might be waiting for him to get fired at PSG to maybe make that appointment. I, I'm not sure. Or maybe they do what they always do and, and poach the best of the rest and get Marco Rosa. Wouldn't be surprised by that either but I don't think it's Pochettino time. It's probably Yapanka's time at this point. <laughs> it's always Yapanka's time. <laughs> that will do it for this week, and we will talk to you again soon. Goodbye, and a, lads. And a red card for Roger. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.